Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Thanks for joining us today. We are going to be talking about common mistakes that owners make when walking their dog, as well as some things that you should be doing when walking your dog. I've got Brett here with me to help me out on this podcast episode. I know you guys love hearing from her. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's been a tough, it's been a tough few days. <laughs> So for those, for our listeners that may not know, uh, we lost our Rottweiler of 11 years, Dagan, on September the 14th. She had cancer back in March. She was diagnosed and I think that it finally got to her. And so we lost her on Tuesday morning. It's, uh, it has been a little bit of a rough week, which is why this episode is delayed a little bit, but we are going to move on and power through and hope we're gonna try maybe oops maybe one day we will uh we'll get that uh dealing with grief episode done <laughs> think i'm just saying if i randomly cried don't judge me <laughs> that's right i don't think our listeners would it's be been real. it's <laughs> that's how it's been going today it's hit or hit or miss yeah it is definitely uh it's a it's a tough go we feel for all you guys out there that I have lost a pet recently. It is a tough thing. Uh, but honestly, I would not take away any of the joy that they give me uh, just to avoid the pain and the hurt when you lose them. So if that's stopping you from getting a pet, you're missing out. That's true. Though I have cried more over her than I have some family members dying. So I don't know what this <laughs> says about me. Judge me if you want, but... 
Um, I don't think anyone is going to judge. I think dog lovers understand. I think that a lot of dog, uh, I think a lot would understand. Uh, no doubt. Uh, that is true. I think that they will understand completely. So, um, I do want to, um, you know, just know that, that if you've lost a pet, our hearts go out to you. We know it's a, it's a rough go. So, uh, just thanks for being a part of our Dog Speak family. And if you don't mind keeping us in your thoughts and sending some strength our way, that'd be awesome. So, that's enough of the depressing stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to talk about some leash, uh, you know, I would say, and, and you can you can question me, uh, not question me. You can you can probably contradict this or, or answer it better. Um, leash manners and reactivity is probably one of the biggest phone calls we get. As far as I don't really want to say just manners, um, because we do deal with a lot of leash reactivity and leash behaviors. Even though today I really want to talk about just leash manners. Yeah, um, we do get quite a few phone calls for that. Oh, a lot, but those calls are usually uh accompanied with oh my god i said that right the first try um you know i fell in my driveway my dog drug me across the yard i have a broken bone because my dog pulls had to have rotator cuff surgery heard that one before so yeah it's it's usually not just um Oh, my dog's pulling whatever it's annoying it's usually my dog has injured me because it's pulling that, yeah. We get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I think that most people, when they deal with a dog that's a puller, I think most people just focus on using a tool to control the pulling. Yeah. Um, and it really doesn't control the pulling. It just maybe takes a little pressure off the arms and the shoulders mm-hmm. of clients, but it's not fixing anything. And I think you're right. It's, it's when they start to have a real problem yeah. where they get pulled down or they, you know, the dog gets away and attacks another dog or, you know. Something to where they're just tired of being embarrassed because their dog is lunging and barking at every dog out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, but, you know, it's funny because I do see, I do see a lot of dogs and owners walking and that some of these dogs aren't walking that bad, but then I see and I watch the owners or the handlers or whatever you want to call them, uh, because maybe they're dog walkers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're making a lot of mistakes that can create some problems down the line. Yeah. Right. So I don't, this episode, we've done a leash manners episode before, but this episode, I think I really want to focus more on just general rules that you should probably have mm-hmm. when taking your dog for a walk. Yeah. Right. And not really, you know, dealing with leash reactivity and those things. I think if you just can follow some rules, your leash manners will get better. Um, as most people know, we use leashes to help teach off leash control. So we're not real dependent on the leash. Uh, we use it to teach, not to necessarily control the dog's um, action, yeah. we'll say. Um, so let's start out with um, a common issue that I see with dog owners. And that is uh, owners that walk their dogs and are totally disengaged with their dog. They're listening to headphones. They're on the phone talking. Um, they're glancing off into space. They're literally not engaged to their dog, which to me, it seems like you would ask somebody out on a date and then take them somewhere fun and then totally ignore them. Like be on your phone the whole time. Be on your phone the whole time or listen to music the whole time. Right. And I know a lot of people maybe think, well, I take my dog for a walk for exercise. 
Okay, but it's more than just exercise that your dog is getting out of it, which means that you've got to step it up or you're going to end up with some problems. Yeah. So, um, and that's even if, you know, if your dog is walking great and you can listen to some, you know, radio music, or if you want to listen to this podcast, uh, when you're walking great, maybe just one headphone in, but you start to be engaged with the dog. Disengagement is going to cause problems. Yeah. That's sort of foreign to me because I'm so hyper vigilant about my surroundings anyway. <laughs> I'm like, if there's a dog coming up behind us, or even if I don't have a dog, I'm still very, very aware of what's going on. So it, you're right. It not only is disengaging from your dog or not engaging with your dog, um, it's you're not aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. which one can be dangerous with or without a dog. Like you mentioned, but two, if, if you are not engaged with the walk and your dog, you're going to miss some, some distractions. You're going to miss some triggers. You're going to miss some things that cause your dog to get more excited. Mm -hmm. And once you miss that and your dog is already in the behavior that you don't want, well, now you've kind of become as reactive as your dog. So it's really important to be engaged. I just think if people were engaged with their dog on walks. They wouldn't have as many problems as they had. If you would sing to your dog on walks like I do, it would be a much more enjoyable walk. So tell people why you sing to your dog (laughs) when you're on a walk. Because I know people are like, oh, I love to sing too, but you have a reason for it. I actually sing what I'm doing or what I expect from her. So for instance, if I'm telling her good girl or this way or whatever I happen to be saying, um, because it keeps my anxiety down and it's not being transferred to her. It also forces me to reward her and I can't change my tone if I'm singing. Not if you're tone deaf. Well, oh. <laughs> that I'm not tone deaf. I mean, I'm not a great singer, but I'm not tone deaf. But, but yeah, I'll just like sing what we're doing and that helps so- me. I'm not saying everyone do this. I'm just saying I'm also the person who sings what I'm doing throughout the day. Just, you know. Well, I think it's good. Tell people what makes you, why you're anxious when you're walking her and why you feel the need to sing like that to control that anxiety. It's. it's, I think a lot of people feel what you're feeling and they're just not going to maybe admit it. Yeah. So other than, you know, just having generalized crippling anxiety anyway, uh, just, you know, what if she does something that's embarrassing? Like she lunges at another dog or she barks or, I mean, you know, something like that. Cause she can be reactive sometimes. Uh, it's, it's really my way of not raising my voice if she does something that is undesirable. Um, so I'm not screaming no, or I'm not getting frustrated at her. You know, I don't want her to pick up on that. For obvious reasons. Right. Okay. I do think a lot of people get anxious about, and I think the big one, as you said it, is I don't want to be embarrassed for her doing something. Right. I really want you guys to not focus on being embarrassed because let's be real, dogs, they're dogs. They have their own brain. Um, That's just like, you know, if if you're a parent, you know your kid's going to do something at some point um, to embarrass you possibly. It's just easier said than done. Right? It really is easier said. Especially as someone who wants to control as much as I can. 
because I'm like a border collie. I'm a chaos coordinator. Uh, yeah. I get that. Sorry, y'all, if we, we just awkwardly it. paused. There's a there's a little there's gnat. There's a gnat. That absolutely, I cannot, we can't. It's going seem to back get and up. forth. It's just right in the face. <laughs> and I'm going to be mad when it lands in my wine. Uh, so we are, we are like pausing and just watching it. Like, Okay, so we are we are speaking people, of distraction. Speaking of being distracted exactly while you're doing say, something, speaking of being distracted, uh, the gnat just distracted me, um, and that you know, but it it is for real. That people do get very distracted on walks. Um, when they take their dog for a walk, they're doing it a lot of times with this. Oh, I got to get my dog some physical exercise. I got to get my dog out for a walk, whether it's unpleasant or not. But then they're thinking about what they need to do when they get back to the house, what email they should have answered, what they're going to cook for dinner, or they're listening to the radio. And there's no engagement whatsoever. Guilty. Guilty. Uh, and I think we've all done that. I just think that we need to be more aware that we're doing it so that we can adjust and improve um, the relationship of walking together. Um, and we're going to get into relationship. And I know you have, um, you know, some things to talk about with that. The other issue I think a lot of people get into is they use the leash as a correction type tool where they're yanking on the leash, uh, they're yelling at the dog when they're yanking on the leash, they're jerking the leash, they're holding the leash so tight that even if the dog is standing right next to him, the collar's still up, the dog's still having pressure on the trachea, um, or even on a harness, I've seen it. People wrap the leash around their hand 12 times, um, and of course they're wrapping the leash around their hand 12 times so they can hold their phone and look at it. Um, these are things that I've literally seen day in and day out mm -hmm. when driving and seeing people walk their dogs. Um, so that was, I, I think that you are going to have some issues with relationship, developing that relationship with your dog. If you're using a leash that way, you're not making the walk fun at all. Right. You know, it's like saying, Hey, let's take the kid to the, uh, state fair. And every time he gets too excited about a, a you know, a ride, I'm going to smack him upside the head and say, no, I mean, that's real sad. It is sad, but it's real common of what we're seeing with people when walking their dogs. They probably correct their dogs more on a walk than any other time. And what kind of relationship does that leave? There's, I guarantee you're going to have a lot of negative association. The dog is going to have negative association being on a leash with you in that certain environment. And you're going to create this reactivity. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking before we start recording. You had given a story to someone about the leash and the relationship. And I think it's really good to share yeah, with people on this. I've been asked about this a lot. And and I shared it with, um, you know, a client we had in class. But then also when I was, last time I was camping, someone stopped me and asked about the belt as well. So I, I know we've talked about the utility belt a lot on here. Cargo, um, please sponsor us. <laughs> um, but I'm saying that, will that work? I, I, like a little jingle. Ding, ding, yeah. Uh, so the... But what I what I told our client was it's the belt has really helped our relationship. I know I'm anxious, so when something comes up, I know I have a tendency to pull up on the leash. Well, if your leash is attached to a belt, you can't do that. You're forced to use your entire body to help guide your dog into a different direction. And you are forced to use your voice and your you know, your vocal commands and directions and things like that. It really helped Isabella and I to move to that belt because of that. Uh, and it helped her pulling as well. 
So just something to think about. Um, also, it gives you a chance to hold things if you need to. And that was, you know, it, keep your balance while you're hiking. Yes. And ultimately, that was that was why I started using it in the first place was for hiking. So I could keep my balance while we were hiking, have both arms available. Um, but it ended up being a great tool for just leash manners in general. Well, and I think that you, you've gotten to the good habit where a lot of people are still struggling that I've seen people that even when they put on a belt or a waist leash, um, and if that, if y'all heard that, it's a beautiful, it was, it's better trying to play with the cat, but people even wearing a waist leash or a belt that has a leash hooked and attached to it and it's hands-free, basically what we're talking about is a hands-free mm-hmm. leash. You've got to get out of the habit of grabbing that leash when something happens. Yes. Yeah. And that took time. I mean, that took time. Yeah. I get it. And I still have to use it to guide her, but I'm, but I've come to a point now where I can gently guide that leash instead of pulling back up on it. Um, so it's not a correction tool. It's just. You're limiting options. It's guidance. Yeah. yeah and you're guide and you're yeah. teaching with it. It's, it's not, it should not be something that you use to keep your dog right on top of you or, you know, choke them or yank on them or. Um, even the smallest little leash correction can cause a negativity, mm-hmm. right? If a dog, if you have a very sensitive dog and there's that one, that one leash correction, when another dog is in view, you can create reactivity right then and there. It is leash reactivity is really something that's taught by the human yeah, because of the way they handle the leash. Yeah. And I mean, you see that when you have a dog that's fine with other dogs off leash, yep. but on leash, they have that issue. I yep. mean, that's pretty obvious yep. that. We're the cause of that. Exactly. And that's why we want you guys to get into better manners and leash handling skills when you're walking your dog. So the, the using the leash as a correction, correction tool or a corrector tool, it, it, you got to get away from that, right? There, there does, you don't need to use it for that. Use it to limit options in order to help your dog learn, which in turn goes me into the next little um, kind of, problem that people run into or the mistake y'all hear that bell that's what you do that's what happens when you teach your dog to ring the bell to go out and potty now she just wants to go out or the cat wants to go out too and that's what she's doing anyway so the other issue with the leash is that people use the leash to communicate instead of having verbal commands on how to walk i cannot tell you how many people when i ask them what commands do you use for walking they never tell me what they use to tell the dog how to walk, what I, they end up telling me is, I use no, wait, slow down, leave it, right? So they're always giving me the commands that they're using for the, what they don't want the dog doing, but they, nobody puts in commands on how to walk the dog. Y'all, there's multiple gnats now. She's got one on her side. I got one on mine. No, it's just, it's the same. No, I'm pretty sure there was two of them. <laughs> We're both, we both look like we are just trying to catch invisible flies is what we look like. We, that's, you know, that's a behavior thing when we see dogs trying to chase invisible flies. That's what we look like right now. Um, You, you don't want to use the leash to communicate the dog because it's, it can't communicate anything other than you're stuck within four to six feet of me or eight feet or whatever leash you have. Not a retractable leash. Please y'all throw those away. But. Uh, it's coming up with commands for the behaviors that we want to see on walks. Communicate to your dog how you want them to walk, not how not to walk. Do you want them to walk 
on a relaxed leash on your right side, left side, front, back, both, all? How do you want them to walk with you? They don't magically know that all of a sudden they've had all this free roaming from you in the house, in your backyard where it's fenced. And then all of a sudden we get outside of that and now I can only go four to six feet from you. But nobody told me I could do that. We've got to start giving commands. That is, you know, I'm not big on commands with dogs. I, I don't think there's a lot of reason to give a lot. But when you're out in public or you're on something like a leash, that is where your commands have got to come out. You've got to communicate to your dog how to walk with you. They know how to walk and you know how to walk. It's when you two get together. Yeah. Right? Use the right words. And, you know, for us, we don't care if the dog is walking in front of us, behind us. Uh, our, our rules are very simple. Don't pull, keep up, and don't trip me. Yeah, I was going to ask you um, if you could let everybody know, like, your position on heel. Because yeah. a lot of people are real big on that. Yeah, I don't see a lot of reason for heel. And, and for those that are not sure, heel is a, is the position on the on your left side with the dog is on the left side only and nose at your knee. Y'all, let's be real. There is no real point for that. That is not fun for anybody. Um, so it, not to say there's not times that your dog needs to walk close to you to get through something. And you can do a different command for that. We use with me to say whatever side you're on when I say with me, just come closer to me because we need to get past something that is a tight spot or space. Or we need to get past you know, somebody who's maybe a little nervous of dogs, whatever the case may be. Otherwise, we use let's go and you can basically, again, don't pull me, don't trip me and keep up. It's just really important to use those commands. When you and when you and Isabella are walking, just take the neighborhood for an example. Um, how often are you commanding her and what are you using the most? Uh, with her, it's uh, let's go. Which means we're on the move. Yeah. Uh, because she, we're still working on her sniffies being on command. Um, that's still tricky. We're working on it though. So that's because she tends to lag behind. Okay. So the ghost snippy is one thing that we want to put in play so that we allow the dog to sniff at an appropriate time to when it is convenient for everyone and in a place that your dog enjoys. And so we use the command of go sniffy, which means that's when the nose can go on the ground and you can lead the walk. Otherwise, if your nose can go on the ground and still keep up with me, we're good to go. Yeah, she's uh, she's not there yeah, yet. Yeah, she wants because to stop. Because her, her thing is pulling towards mailboxes where everybody's peed. Yes. Um, so we're getting better, though. She's getting much better. So that's a really good to bring up because I know a lot of people talk about how the dog wants to pull to certain mailboxes, trash cans, um, places where dogs are marking a lot. If you have an area where you can, if you're walking, say, in a neighborhood and you have an area where it's safe to walk in the middle of the road and you can see traffic coming on both sides. And your pavement's not hot. And your pavement's not hot. 90 yes. degrees Let's here. make, yes, please. <laughs> um, and to check the pavement, just use the back of your hand to see if it's too hot for your dog's paws. Um, the back of the hand, not your palm. But it's, it's one thing is, is if you walk in the middle of the road, then you're having less opportunity for the sniffing until you give that permission. And that can help teach. That's been really helpful. Good. Yeah, we, we do that because, you know, our neighborhood's pretty safe. Yes. Um, I mean, we have a couple of people that drive through here 
But we have but a lot of we, have, we can dogs see. There's not a lot of curves in the road. Hills, yeah, yeah. So it's easier to see our traffic. Again, why? Why I also don't wear headphones? Yes, when I'm walking, her in case you know there is someone coming up behind me that's driving a little erratic, which we've seen. So that so that is another thing is making sure that we're using the right commands. We're not correcting with the leash. We're communicating instead with our voice. Dogs do not have to look to you to hear you. They you hear with their ears, and they stay tuned in with their ears. So that whole being engaged with your dog and not being distracted is top priority. You have to be engaged and there with your dog. If you're not then you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle getting your dog's attention. You're going to struggle having any type of issues that you run into, um, whether they're triggers or distractions, which leads me into the next one. Being proactive instead of reactive means being aware of what is in your environment, okay? Making sure that you are really having your head on a swivel, and especially if you have a dog who gets distracted or is triggered by something, You've got to have your head on a swivel to know what's happening in your environment. You have to know where the next dog's coming around the corner, where that person is, that car, that bicycle, that skateboard, um, that rabbit, that squirrel. You can't be on your phone um, totally disengaged with your dog and the dog then pulls to something because you didn't see it and then you get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. It's yours for not engaging, for not, you know, teaching the dog appropriate walking manners uh, not rewarding the right behavior. Um, and then you're getting mad at the dog for being reactive. And then you turn around and do the same thing. You're being reactive towards the dog, therefore creating those negative associations. Um, and then just think about when the dog doesn't know when you're going to yell at it or correct it with the leash. Imagine the stress that the dog feels as soon as he gets on the leash. So then we have stress stacking. So if you have a dog who's stressed about walking with their owner because they don't know when the owner is going to get pissed off. And yell at them or yank on them. But then they're also stressed off about the four dogs down the street that come running um, at their invisible fence barking. And then the stress of the big loud trucks that go by. Yeah, that's stress stacking. And you're going to get a dog who is not enjoying that walk whatsoever. Oh, which brings me to the next one. (laughs) I'm just going to keep going through that. Just go on. Make sure that you're walking your dog. One, that your dog enjoys a walk. Not every dog is going to enjoy going for a walk. That walk... If they do enjoy a walk, that walk may only be a quarter of a mile. I'm thinking of a basset hound. Basset hounds are like, please don't walk me bless, three miles. Bless. Right. Um, where a Vizla may be like, hey, a five-mile walk wasn't enough. Right. But when we're doing our walks, we have to make sure, one, the dog enjoys the walk. Two, we're not overdoing the walk. And um, three, making sure that the dog enjoys where you're walking. So we do have a lot of healers that we work with that have problems lunging after cars and bicycles and people and dogs. It's that herding instinct, it's what they do. So a dog that is a herding, has the herding instinct. If you're walking them in a busy place where cars are going by constantly, your dog is going to get overwhelmed and stressed out because of all that um chaos that needs to be coordinated stimuli yeah same thing if you have a dog who is reactive to things like cars and you put them in the car to take them somewhere 
Well, if they're reactive to all those cars while you're driving there, then time you get to where you're going to walk them, they're already starting to be stressed at. So we have to be very careful in, in understanding that not every dog is going to enjoy the same walk, the same exercise, the same areas. You have to get to know your dog. Um, Isabella is probably, I don't think it's thrilled about walking the neighborhood. Yeah, it's not her favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, she'd much rather go to Until a, it's 20 degrees outside. Yeah, then she's field, yeah. Um, hiking. She enjoys those things. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's not so much a neighborhood dog. And I couldn't imagine walking her up on like the main road. Where cars are going by every few seconds. We've done that um, and that's several do times. That. It is very stressful for her. I mean, she's worn out when she gets back. It is just, but it's not a good worn out, right? No, it's tell, ten, tell, mentally yeah. difficult. For tell her. people where you're seeing. What are you seeing in her that you can see that stress? Uh, the panting is her biggest thing, even when it's not hot outside. Obviously, I'm not taking her, you know, to main road in our town when it's hot, but. Um, the panting, the tail tucked, ears back, hyper vigilant. I mean, obvious eyeballs, physical. Large. Oh yeah, obvious stress, uh, physical stress signs. So we don't, you know, I don't force her to do that. It's not something that I have to do. You know, I. So why, why focus on yeah. that? Yeah, and and if that's your only place to go, then more than likely. I would say that, especially with Isabella, she'd much rather you just get out in the backyard and throw a toy. Yeah. Then have least, to walk in that because that's her not tails stressful. Wagging, yeah. and tongues out, and happy, and you yep. know that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I get there. You know, there are people who do have to walk their dog in the neighborhood because they don't have a place for off leash or they have no other choice. Um, and there are ways that you can make that more enjoyable, but just for going for a walk. Or for exercise, that's not her jam yeah, at all. I, yeah, and that's okay. I'd rather see somebody take a 30 or 50-foot leash. Yeah. Not retractable, but a 30 or 50-foot leash. Find some open area and just let your dog just roam while you stand in the middle. And let the dog just get, roam and sniff. And, you know, don't think that every dog with exercise has to go out and walk. That's like saying if you're going to be in shape and exercise as a human, you have to be a runner. Well, you'd be screwed. I would be because I've never gotten that runner high. Actually, I see running as a very aversive because I played sports growing up and our punishment was running. Oh. Um, And we would run until we threw up. And if you had to throw up, there were trash cans on either side of the area you're running. So that's where you would throw up and keep going. And so for me... That seems really abusive. It is abusive. Uh, I mean, I didn't play sports, so I don't know how that works. I know that's a very common thing. For us, that thing. was just the way it was, right? <laughs> and and it would really suck whenever you're, you had one person that was lagging behind. If they didn't get a certain time, we all had to run again. Mm. So it, it did not create teamwork by any stretch of the imagination. And um, it caused really more aggravation towards your teammates when they weren't putting in 100%. There's some resentment there. I'd There's a say. lot of resentment. Um, but running has been a very aversive to me. So running is not, and I had tried it. I, I was like, all right, I'm, I can be a runner. I can do this. I used to run a lot. No, there is no runner's high for me. Um, I'd much rather bike and cycle. Um, but of course me, I just like to go to the gym. And I will get on the treadmill a little bit and elliptical. But no, running for me is not positive. And I, and I can only imagine that dogs that are forced to go for these walks and for these long walks, uh, they may not be enjoying it. And they might see it as an aversive. 
you know, and that brings me to the, my next uh, thought is don't try to take your dog for a walk, physical walk for your exercise. In other words, if your focus on that is your exercise, leave your dog at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I learned early on and, and you preach this all the time, but until, until I actually had a puppy, I don't think I realized don't try to get from point A to point B. If you have an agenda that's not focused on your dog, forget it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Like there's, if you have a destination in mind, uh, same with, you know, going to Home Depot, trying to go shopping when you're tra- also training your dog. Like, don't take your dog. No, because you're going to get frustrated because you've, you've got to... Learned all these things the hard way. Yes, you did. Because i got to get in there and I've got to get Even this. Even though you literally... I told you. ...have said it for the not ten, 10 years we've known <laughs> each other before I got this dog. <laughs> yeah. There should be... There is no... Point A to point B when working with your dog. Okay? You just take what you get at that moment. Um, that has to be the priority. So if, if walking is your exercise or running is your exercise, don't force your dog to do it. Now, there are some people that have a dog that loves that run. And they maybe learned how to run because of their dog. As long as the dog and the human are enjoying it and everything is kosher, great. But for the majority of the people I see, do not try to go for your exercise and teaching your dog how to walk at the same time. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, you're trying to physically do something good for your body, but your mental state is not going to be in a good place. Therefore, your physical is not really going to be productive to your body because the stress is going to override that. So, which again, goes back to the dog, the stress will override the joy. And so whatever joy you give them for the actual walking itself is going to be um, kind of erased if the dog is feeling stressful on a walk, whether it's because of you, because they don't know how, what to expect from you. They don't know when you're going to yell at them. They don't know when you're going to yank on them. They don't know when you're going to smack them with the leash or hit them with your hand. And I know none of my listeners would do that. But trust me, I've seen it. And it's been, obviously, there's some trainers out there that recommend you put a prong collar on and you yank and you could do one quick yank and you, you know, and you let them know that that's not the way you walk. And y'all, that is crap. You've heard me. It's just bullshit, old school, bully behavior. Please don't be doing that. Um, there are proper ways to teach a dog and develop a relationship at the same time. And, and remember that everything you, you do with your dog is about that relationship. It should be about the relationship. Uh, you know, they're not robots and they're going to have off days and on days and just like you. So, be aware and, and take the opportunity if you are going to walk your dog, do your dog a favor and teach him some cue words. Learn how to use the leash properly. And all that is is an attachment between you and dog, you and the dog. It doesn't help the dog walk, but it's an attachment to keep the dog safe and help the dog learn. Don't be distracted. Like Brett right now is staring down at the carpet. I'm um, not looking at the carpet. I'm uh, looking at the lights on the mic. Oh, she's looking at the as they go the up and down as you talk. Yeah, we're trying to. We're, we've got some new setup here for our um, I'm our recording, <laughs> and I don't quite know. I am totally not an audio engineer at all, not even close. I couldn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express and be an audio engineer. I see what you did there. Um, you like that? So I'm. We're still working on this, but uh, Brittany was totally distracted right there. Uh, so. <laughs> Shiny things. Shiny things. 
And that's what happens. People walk and like shiny things. Ooh, so-and-so got a new car. Ooh, what is that new yard ornament? Right? So let's just be sure that we're engaged with our dog. We're aware, especially people that are walking their dogs in the city where it's busy. I have seen so many people on four-lane roads where it is so busy. There is nonstop car activity. And these people are distracted. The dog is is pulling and yanking. They've got the leash wrapped around their hands. You can't, their knuckles, there's like, there's no color left because it's just all the circulation's been cut off. We've got to get focused. We owe it to these animals that we take in to protect them, to teach them, to make them a part of this foreign world that they, that they live in. And it's our job to make sure that we're setting them up for success. Do you have anything to add towards the end of that? Because I think I've pretty much covered all the things I wanted to cover for the leash itself. No. Um, no. Other than, you know, if you get out there and it's just a bad day for both of you, one or both of you, <laughs> don't be afraid to just come back inside and do it again tomorrow. Exactly. Don't force it. Exactly. It, trust me. You know, that is big, is we want you to work with your dog. We want you to create that relationship, but you both need to be in the, in the right place to do that. Um, don't force it, right? Trying to force a relationship isn't, it isn't going to work out, right? So be engaged. Teach your dog some leash manners. We do have a uh, video on our website on how we teach leash manners. So feel free to check that out dogspeak101.com. Um, you can always join our Patreon account and be our Patreon, be a Patreon member where you can get extra videos and teaching videos and extra fun things. So always check that out as well. Uh, we do appreciate you guys. And, you know, I want you to just to get to know your dog and understand what your dog enjoys as far as exercise. Um, is leash walking even a thing that your dog enjoys? Um, and is it something you enjoy, right? There are other ways uh, if your dog enjoys walking and you don't, maybe hire a dog walker. But the dog walker needs to know how to communicate with your dog as well and not yanking and pulling and doing all the things that we've just told you not to do. All right, so I think that we're going to wrap that up and Britt and I are going to go on a gnat hunt and see if we can't kill this gnat that keeps bothering us. It's not landed in my wine yet. However, I've been trying to drink it quickly so it doesn't. Uh, but I guess that's... Oh, darn. Having I know. to drink wine. Having to drink oh, wine. that sucks. You know, it's good for the soul, good for the heart. And mine's broken, so I'm trying to mend. Aww. It is sad. Hug your babies a little bit tighter. And uh, we're still here Unless with Unless they're it. not into that, then don't. Yeah, if your dog's don't, not into it, don't, don't hug them, don't please. Do but hey, on, the, on a good <laughs> note, we still have our 15-year-old flat-coated retriever, Jake, who, God bless him, he doesn't know where he is most of the time, but his eyes are bright. He has no muscle left in his back legs, but by God, he still tries. And he is just, he's a joy uh, to watch him still live. <laughs> oh, yeah. He played today. It was really awesome. Aww. He, uh, I gave him a new bone today and he like played with it. It was awesome to see. Oh, see, it's, it's when you have. You have those dogs that, that help heal your heart. Yeah. Bring you a little joy. He's still a goofball. I love it. Oh, I, I really thought that, that he wouldn't be seeing 2021. But man, he doesn't look like he is. He reminds me of like somebody's papaw. 
like my papa. Like, like a, he, like he's 104. He just he's keeps just, on going. He's gonna keep going. Yeah, got to get to his garden. Never stops. Got to get the weeds out. He's got things to do. Got things to do. Hey, I mean, he still gets up and down the stairs. He does. Sometimes he'll fall on his face. Okay, that. But he's getting better. <laughs> he's I, all right. I help him. He's make yeah, his, no. making it sound like. No, we have we have a we little neglect our we dog, have a little uh, I don't even I don't want to call it a harness but a little lifter that we can put on him to help him too if we need to but he's hanging in there and so you know he's he's still kicking it and then we of course still have the three cats and Isabella's the young baby so I guess she's not going anywhere anytime soon we'll let y'all know if we add if we have an addition to the family but I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon I don't, yeah I, I don't I I don't think I can do it right now. I can't even fathom that right uh, now. Just because of, you know, time. And I, I got to teach you guys. I got to teach you guys how to work with your dog and have that relationship like I had with my babies and what we have with our babies. And, um, yeah, keep listening. Learn everything you can. Know that it's your responsibility to change your ways to help your dog. And that is the biggest thing. And I hope that I talked slow enough that I didn't get too excited. <laughs> So, um, thanks, Heather, for pointing that one out. If you're listening I, to this, I think I speak <laughs> slow enough that maybe it counter. You, yeah, you got the Appalachian, you got the Appalachian speed, Appalachian speed, and I just have the, I don't have the northern. I mean, the northern, the normal southern slow when I get excited. Yeah, that's that's Nashville. That's just Nashville. Get excited yeah. and talk fast. Yeah, we call that the FOMO accent. Oh. Really? Nashville's, yeah. Dang. FOMO is 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 a thing I'm in just, Nashville. I'm just saying that I'm I'm excited and passionate. That's what it is. And I don't want to forget my thoughts. <laughs> Maybe that's the go. real reason. I, I want to get it out there before I forget my thoughts. All right. I hope to see some of you guys um, at the communication seminar on Friday night uh, at the farm at Natchez Trace. That is our live in person. We're excited. And then, um, hopefully see the rest of you guys on zoom. Uh, we have new content. It is a different communication seminar than we've had in the past. Um, I lost all the other communication seminar and everything. I lost a lot of videos and a lot of stuff through my external hard drive that I lost. Uh, it just kind of quit working. And, uh, basically the majority of my life was on that. So I had to redevelop this communication seminar and I switched it up a little bit and added some things we'd not had before. Um, and there's some new videos, uh, still the same calming signals, but the, some new videos and things. So even if you've had this before, even via zoom, um, I know we had some technical issue issues last time, uh, just with internet service. Yeah, so if, I'm hoping this one's going to be better. If anyone was on that one, um, it was kind of, it kind of jumped around. So email me if you want to see this one again, and we'll get you on onto that. If you were on that first one, um, where we had some technical issues, that'd be great. And we are going to try to record it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that we'll have it available for purchase on the website, uh, 24 seven. Uh, so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that that works out. And I hope to see you guys, uh, sooner than later, uh, and, and hear from you. You know, shoot us an email if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, if you have any um, podcast episodes, um, ideas, just give us an email, podcast at dogspeak101.com. Of course, you can also do info at dogspeak101.com, but podcast at dogspeak101.com, it won't get lost in all the emails we get for training on a daily basis. So uh, just reach out to us, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, please. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And hope that you've taken away something 
uh, from this episode uh, so that your relationship with your dog can improve when you are trying to do some leash walking and just some exercise together. Britt, thanks again for always being willing to to be on here because I, I know people love you and they don't want to just listen to me the whole time because I say for I, I say 55 minutes worth of things in 30. And so they probably <laughs> appreciate that you slow me down. Uh, so Glad I can be here. Appreciate you. <laughs>